0: For more information on our product line, visit fullyloadedchew.com. HuntStand is the most popular and functional mobile hunting app on the market. With a variety of base maps to choose from, satellite imagery that is updated every month, the ability to check the weather, no property information, and even catalog your trail cam picks. HuntStand even gives you the ability to import pins and location markers from other mobile apps. Visit HuntStand.com or download wherever you download your apps. Enter discount code SN20 at checkout for 20% off. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, You can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The feed hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com.
1: Hey guys and gals, welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast brought to you by Arrowhead Land Company. Here you will be educated, entertained, and equipped to get more out of your outdoor experience. So hold on tight because here we go! Howdy, howdy, everybody! I am John Hutsmith, and welcome to this exciting episode of. The Oklahoma Outdoors Podcast. It is extremely hot. I uh, Last weekend, I took my brother and four of his oldest kids to the lake. Uh, my nephew, Todd, that's what he asked for for his birthday. He wanted to go to the lake, and so took the boat, and uh, we tubed for five hours straight. The, uh, the kids aren't quite old enough to get into like skiing or wakeboarding or, or anything like that, and so I basically just pulled them in circles on the tube for five straight hours, and my poor brother and I, we were both completely worn out, because the kids were wanting to ride with us, and everything, um, I got extremely sunburnt, like my plan going into it, was I was just gonna like, drive the boat, that's, you know, I'm, I'm not a big tube fan, but you know, the kids wanted to ride with us, and so I had to do it, and uh, yeah, I ended up, my shoulders burnt, my face burnt, we were out there for so long, and it was just insanely hot. And then uh, that afternoon, and a little bit on Sunday morning, I went out and did some more deer work. Got a lot done. I finished my last uh, ladder for my bank's blind. I built a new feeder pen to keep those dadgum hogs out. But by the time I left, I mean I was completely drenched in sweat. Just, just disgusting. So, so that's what we're dealing with now. It's just that time of year where we live it's just kind of part of it, and so nothing else to do about it except for, you know, put your head down, drink lots of water, and move on, so I hope you guys have a a lot of your deer season prep done, because if not, uh, man, from, from what we've seen so far, this summer is just going to be brutal, so yeah, all that to say, well, actually, kind of on top of that, my wife, my poor 38 week pregnant wife is helping run a little sports camp at the church this week and she's been running around ragged uh you know trying to get things ready for it doing paperwork all that stuff for you know registration and uh those poor kids like it's going to be so hot next week when they're trying to do all their sports and be outside uh so pray for them pray for the little kids uh but also uh this weekend Um, I'm going to help my wife out Friday and Saturday, and then she decided on Sunday morning, uh, she actually doesn't have to work Sunday morning because it's Father's Day. Uh, my wife works at the church, if y'all hadn't figured that out. And, uh, and so we decided Sunday morning she's going to sleep in, uh, we're going to go to the evening service, uh, Sunday evening at the church, and Sunday morning I've decided that I'm going to wake up about 4.30am, I'm going to make the trek over to Lake Texoma, and i'm going to try to do some morning time striper fishing. So, uh, i've i've been striper fishing with a guide one time in like i don't know 10 11 years ago. Uh, me, my dad and brothers went um and I've been trying to get back into it. I'm just terrible at it. I've tried. Uh, a few weeks ago, some of you may remember, I posted a picture because I thought I felt all accomplished because I thought I'd caught my first striper on Lake Texoma and it turned out to be a sandbass. I had misidentified it. I even looked up a picture of like the difference right there on the boat and still misidentified it. Uh, so it turned out to be a sandbass. So I'm still on the hunt. For My first solo striper and so me and my buddy Kelly we're gonna wake up super early We're gonna head out to Lake Texoma and that is my goal for this weekend is to catch a striper on Lake Texoma If I did it on top water, that would be awesome, but I'm not picky like I just want to catch one Uh, But we're, we're going super early to try to hit the top water bike If that doesn't work, you know, we'll try some other things uh, but that is the goal for this coming weekend: is to catch my first striper on Lake Texoma. It really, I you know, I do it on any lake, but uh, Texoma is just kind of known for it. I think it's the the by far the biggest population of stripers around, and so uh, so that's where I'm going. So so anyway, that was a kind of weird, rambling, out of order church camp. Slash Striper Fishing Intro. Um, that's uh that's about all I got for the intro this week. I'm going to keep it nice and short uh, because we have a very exciting episode this week. One that's been it's probably I'm going to say the second most requested topic that I get. And this week we're going to be talking bow fishing. And so uh, I met this guy Casey. Through a mutual friend of ours, Randy. Um, I've I've shared deer camp with him. I think twice now, two years in a row. Uh, so I don't know him super well, but from a little bit, I do know of him. He's an awesome guy, and uh, he lives kind of southeast Texas area. And he like bow fishing is his thing. He's really good at it. Um, he's actually taken Tim Wells out. Uh, he's taken guys from the state. He's not really a guide. He just he's just very well known in that circle. And so we talk a little bit of, you know, just general bow fishing, kind of, you know, the bow setup, arrow setup. Uh, We talk about nighttime bow fishing, but his thing, like what he's really into is trophy alligator gar. And uh, he actually holds a lake record. um, I believe it was 208 pounds. and, uh, And you'll hear him talk about it. But he said when he goes out, his goal, he is going for a seven foot fish when he goes out. And so um, I think everybody can learn a lot from it. It's very interesting. He's incredibly knowledgeable. I, I learned a ton, um, we turned or talked a lot about, you know, just how they spawn, where they're at, how to find them, uh, what you need to, to get them in the boat, all that type of stuff. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy this. Like I said, it's been a very requested topic. Um, so yeah, without further ado, here's my interview with Casey Minshew. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show today. Today, we're talking to Casey Minshew. How are you doing, Casey? I'm all right. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Summer's in full swing. I got a, a pregnant wife and a baby on the way. But other than those two things, life's going pretty good. <laughs> oh, times are good. <laughs> times are good. Times are good. So, uh, Well, real quick, Casey, before we jump into a, a very exciting topic, why don't you just tell everybody a little bit about yourself?
2: On. At twenty eight years old, live in Lufkin, Texas. I'm a firefighter there and fish anytime I get a chance, really, or hunt. If I'm not doing one of those two things, I'm taking care of kids.
1: <laughs> that's right. And uh you and I've shared deer camp together a few times. We got a mutual friend, Randy, and uh yeah. so that's that's how you and I got hooked up and I, you two got hooked up through bow fishing, right?
2: Yeah, we've been bow fishing a couple of times now more than five anyway
1: yeah yep and uh kind of your thing it's a pretty awesome thing is giant alligator gar right
2: that's that's my claim to specialty there (laughs) Uh, well that's my favorite thing to do as far as in boat fishing world
1: gotcha awesome well we're gonna get into that here in just a little bit but i want to take a few steps back Uh, i think i told you before we started recording bow fishing has been one of my most requested topics and, uh, I've yet to do it yet. Um, I'm not sure why it's just, uh, it's hard to fun- find somebody who really knows what they're talking about. And, uh, it can be hard to describe, you know, if people aren't used to doing it. Um, I used to bow fish a lot back, uh, kind of late college, just out of college. Me and Randy would go a lot. Uh, we do it mm-hmm. very redneck style, which I'll talk about later. Um, yeah. but, uh, so yeah, I have a pretty, a pretty good uh, background in it. So hopefully between the two of us, we can, we can educate some people. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. So first things first, let's talk about uh just the bows that you need for bow fishing. So what kind of rig do you like to run? For my
2: alligator gar, I have, I have two bows, one for night fishing slash numbers fishing. And then my, my alligator gar bow, they're both. Oh, not Osprey. I think those are probably the best bows you can buy for bow fishing. They have a G Rex, G Nats, and a couple other variants. All lever bows, though. Lever bows are definitely the the favorite in the bow fishing world. So I have an Ohana Osprey. My Alligator Gar bow is maxed out at fifty pounds with about. It's a sixty five percent let off mod. It's a medium. And I use an AMS retriever. A lot of people use a, a muzzy, they call them spinners, either a muzzy or a mega mouth. I have a, a mega mouth on my night fishing rig and it would probably handle most of the alligator gar fishing, but a, a retriever is by far what you want uh, mm-hmm. if you're gonna go for big fish, 150 pounds or bigger. And uh, you, use, uh, you need 350 pound fast flat on it. A lot of the AMSs they come with 400 and, and you can use 400, I did for years, but 350, it, it it's You can see it. It comes out of the reel faster. It shoots faster, flatter. The only problem is it is hard on your hands when you're fighting them. It's a thinner line, and it, it's hard on your hands. You need gotcha. to wear a glove.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, uh, i got to back you up real quick already. So, you, you said a lever bow. What's a lever bow?
2: So, you have recurves, and you have wheel bows, which is like your Matthews compounds, your Hoyts, and then lever bows will be your Oneida's g-rex is it's a I guess more a best way to describe it as a hybrid between a mm. a recurve and a, a cam the bow they have cams on them but they have uh two two limbs but they have outers and in, uh, outboards and inboards and it's just a it's just a style
1: of bow gotcha gotcha all right yeah i was well, always re- right. I, I was always a recurve man myself
2: yeah yeah uh a lever bow is real is more similar to a recurve, I would say, than a cam mm-hmm. bow. Yeah, But it's really split right down the middle. Uh, you can you can play on the Onidas and and the G Rexes. You can play with the draw cycle a ton. You, you, no 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 one will, or no two will be the same if somebody's mm-hmm. messing with it. Both mine are different. I mean, I have them different pounds, different draw mods, different let offs. You can you can make them do what you want them to do. Gotcha,
1: gotcha. All right. Yeah. cool all right and then you're talking about uh you know your retrieval system uh so that's basically how you reel the fish in right
2: right well an alligator guard you'll use your hand once you gotcha. once you shoot the fish you can reel up your slack and then you're fighting them with your hands at that mm-hmm. point uh the two main things in bow fishing are a retriever or what they call a spinner which is like. The old Zebco 808 or a Muzzy Tournament is probably the most popular one right now. And then the Mega Mouth is the more premium one. But normally they have, they definitely have center line. Like where I'm using 350, they'll come with 150 on them, 150-pound mm-hmm. line. And it's just more prone to fraying and breaking on there. Gotcha. Shooting a monster fish, that's not what you want. Yeah, yeah.
1: All right. Now I'm going to ask uh, kind of a dumb question here, but just for the people listening, let's say I got my, you know, Matthews whatever seventy pound bow that I take deer hunting and stuff. Is that like, is that a bow that I would take bow fishing?
2: I wouldn't. Uh, before I bought, uh, before I used the lever bows, on that, I had some uh, Matthews Conquest, They're old, they're old target bows, but I would I wouldn't use any more than sixty pounds on those. Seventy just takes you'll get wore out drawing it back during the day. yeah. Of course, and with the alligator guard, it's a timing deal. Like you only have literally fractions of a second to shoot the fish,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and to get seventy pounds pulled back, and then they aimed and shot correctly in that amount of time is difficult. And then at night time, you'd be you'd be blowing through every fish you shot, mm-hmm. and it'd be you get wore out. So I would not i would stay away from the seventy pounds at night fishing. Like people use as low as fifteen pounds of bow fishing, then thirty. Thirty is probably a mid range, thirty five is gonna be around on your high range. seventy mm-hmm. pounds is just a lot to mess with. Plus the fiberglass arrows we use are, are a lot more flimsy than your carbon spined arrows and mm-hmm. they don't fly real good at that higher poundage.
3: Right. Right.
1: That's a perfect segue into into arrows. The next thing I want to talk about. So uh yeah. just describe a bow fishing arrow and how it's different from your normal compound arrow. There's
2: there's several different types of bow fishing arrows by far just the basic fiberglass arrows is the best. They make some fiberglass with carbon spline in them, and they, they, there's some uh, metal shafted arrows, which are okay. have fiberglass insides and the metal on the outside, kind of like your Easton FMJs. They're just prone to breaking too often. Boat fishing's rough on all equipment and arrows included. Uh, the basic 32 inch fiberglass shaft, I don't know what they weigh. It's a lot, though, over a thousand grains. And there's several different points depending on what you're wanting to mess with. There's a, there's a lot of different points. A favorite for just alligator guards is going to be a muzzy carp tip. I like the carp tips more than the guard tips. It's the same tip or same basic point, but the tips are just slightly different. Hmm. You have sure shots. Or a lot of people like for gar, and then uh, on night fishing and flat fishing, some people even use them on the alligator guard. Randy likes to use the, the interlock grapples. They're huge broadheads. We're not broadheads, but arrow tips i guess if, if you get them inside the fish he's yours you got such a wide holding uh distance on them but it's hard to get it's a lot bigger head it's hard to get them inside those big fish sometimes at distance mm. uh, On alligator gar we, we can shoot during the daytime they roll you have a just fractions of a second to shoot them and you can shoot them up to we've made shots at 20 yards even maybe a little bit greater than that trying to get the that big of a point in them at distance is difficult so just a a small muzzy tip is what we like on that but nighttime fishing interlock grapples uh ams makes an anchor that's awesome Uh, a lot of guys like tnt tips there's a lot you can choose from
1: yeah and uh real quick explain kind of how the tip works you know how like how it comes out of your bow what happens when it goes through the fish just how the fish stays on
2: yeah they're just all all different kinds of uh, barb. Uh, there's all, they're all barbed different mm-hmm. ways. They're not sharp. The points sharp, but the, there's not blades on it like you would shoot a deer with. Uh, once you shoot a fish, the barbs will kind of flare out and hang him when they get him off. You either push the arrow all the way through the fish and unscrew the tip, and the barbs will invert, and go back up the other direction, or you can cut it out if you don't get a full pass through.
1: Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then how does that arrow, you know, work with the line? Like how does it, how does it make it to where you can, you know, reel it back in?
2: Uh, AMS has safety slides, what they call them. And that's the best, that's probably the best way. A lot of guys still tie it to the back of the arrow. There's a hole in the back of the arrow that they just tie the string straight through, but there's a lot of controversy on that about the safety of it. Dude. No, we got it. He got his eye put out because the, the string hung on the bow string and came back and hit him in the eye with the back of the arrow. Mm. So you run the risk of that. But it does come off the bow a lot cleaner. You can and the arrow flights way better when you tie to the back of the string versus using a safety slide, but I use a safety slide on everything.
1: Yeah. All right, awesome. So we got the bows, we got the arrows now, we got the slider. Let's talk about actually fishing. So we've kind of been splitting it between day and night, and I like that idea um which one you want to talk about first i want to cover both of them but which one you want to go first
2: let's do that first i got way more to talk about during the day
1: okay all right so uh so the way rain and i used to do it my dad had an old flat flat bottom boat we got from a, a guy in louisiana and uh, he bought it for jug fishing you know cat fishing, and he wanted a real low-sided boat so that you know it was easy to reach over to get the jugs And uh, we didn't have the fancy light rack or anything like that. We'd basically load it with two or three old car batteries and uh, Randy cut the end off and rewired a spotlight, you know, put battery clips on it. And so we'd basically just take turns. One of us would be running the spotlight. One of us would be running the bow. uh, But I have a feeling you're used to using maybe a a little bit better rig than that.
2: Yeah. I haven't been that fishing very long, just a couple Mm -hmm. of years Mm -hmm. of, I've skipped a lot of that learning curve like that. I, I went straight in and put a pretty premium light set up on my boat. When I was <laughs> going to do the night fishing. Uh, but I use aero LEDs, probably have a thousand watts of lights on my boat. Mm. Yeah, it, sure. it, it lights up. It's not, at nighttime, an airboat is king, no doubt on the lake.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Airboat setup up is king. But if a tr- with a trawler boat, mine's set up as good as you can ask for.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So gotcha all right so leave the boat ramp you know just kind of walk us through your process what are you looking for where are you going to be looking for fish uh yeah just kind of walk us through how you how you go about it
2: well depending on what fish i'm after now an alligator guard in that time the best of my ability is just pure luck you can go to there's some guys this year in particular toledo bend has been pumping out some monsters a bunch of them over 200 pounds mm-hmm. guys going during the spawning time of the year and actually seeking them out, looking for them and have had some success, but I have not experienced that personally in the little amount of time I've been night fishing. Uh, mm-hmm. normally the main thing we go, we're going to go kill at night are, are big Buffalo cart. Well, not carp, but Buffalo mm-hmm. fish mm-hmm. in the really the winter time and early spring is the best time for them. And they're going to be on main lake banks and points. So if you get into a Creek or any big Cove, you're probably not going to see them anymore that's where you look for those that will be on main lake. And there's I mean, it, my experience, there's not a whole lot of skill to it. It's just <laughs> cover as much ground as you can and find a hot area mm-hmm. where there's are several of them and then keep working that area until you wear it out or ready to go home. Mm-hmm. We've had some good trips though, killing, we'd kill them 50, 60, 70 pounds.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That, that's, a, that's almost just as fun as a gator guard. I mean, they fight yeah. really hard and common car. Lot kind of easier to to judge. You go during the spawn on them will be late March, April, into May, whatever lake you want to go to, and try to figure out when they when they start spawning. It's wide open. You can mm-hmm. sink a boat with common carp in that. <laughs> so.
1: And, and uh, grass carp. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Now nah, you go ahead.
2: I think like, grass carp's another thing people like. That's more of a hit or miss. You find them spawning. The, they're they're more. Kind of like the gator Gar, you don't see a ton of them. Buffalo and common carp are going to be the main two flatfish. When I say flatfish, anything that's not round like a gar, gar's round fish and the carper flatfish, those are the main two things you're going to be looking for at night. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, the first time I ever went with Randy, I somehow miraculously hit my first fish ever. But as soon as I yep. draw back, Randy just started whispering, Low, low, aim low, aim low. <laughs> Uh, yeah. so, so talk about you know when you're shooting at fish under the water, you know, like during the day, you're shooting at surfacing gar on top at night, you're usually shooting at fish under the water. Talk about uh, you know how you aim and why you aim that way.
2: you got refraction in the water that makes the fish appear higher than he is, but honestly the the, the bigger if you go after big fish, you don't have to worry about that as much because you just aim in the middle of them and you'll still hit' them.
3: <laughs> That's
2: a bit big. Big like needle nose. If you're going for a spawn of needle nose on the lake in clear water and you're shooting them deeper in the water, it definitely plays a part in it. It can get difficult. Number shooters have to do that a, a lot cause they're shooting real small fish, mm-hmm. uh, like not much bigger than the arrow. And they're, they're yeah. trying to shoot a thousand of them in a the night. And that's, I mean, that's skill. That's not my cup of tea. They couldn't do what I do, and I can't do what they do. Mm-hmm. This, is, this, is, this is a different game. They, they got to pay a lot of attention to that. But when you're going after Seventy pound buffalo or thirty pound common carpets, you can aim that on a lot of nights. Just depend on how deep they are, but I don't ever, I've never had a ton of problem shooting over fish. Yeah,
1: gotcha. Yeah. Those, those five dollar fish is what Randy always called them. them real small ones. So,
2: yeah, yeah, fun. yeah. You find a, a fifty, a fifty pound buffalo looks like a bigger than a five gallon bucket floating mm-hmm. in the water. So it's, it's easy to hit him on all okay. sides. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. all righty. Well, uh, let's flip over to daytime then. And, uh, so you're, you're down in Southeast Texas, right?
2: Yep. Yep. Right around Luskin area, yep. Luskin Crockett.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. So you're going during the day. Uh, are you on big rivers, creeks? What, what kind of water are you on?
2: The, the Trinity river is the best spot in all of the planet earth to kill mm-hmm. a big gator gar. Yeah unfortunately texas parks and wildlife has taken that away from us for the most part a couple of years ago they passed a, a law that you cannot harvest a fish over 48 inches uh, without a tag which you mm-hmm. draw a, a yearly tag that you can draw but there are other places to go in, in texas like choke canyon uh, is an awesome place uh, you got all the all the rivers i mean there, there's so many alligator going in texas
0: mm-hmm. they're everywhere
2: below uh, i say below some of the just the Dallas lakes, but you they're everywhere like around Houston, Victoria, all the valley, Rio Grande. There's so many alligator gar. they're all in the bays. People catch them on Crystal Beach, Galveston Beach. Just everywhere you look. There's a guy this year that caught a really big one in the middle of Houston out of Buffalo Bayou area. They're just mm. they're everywhere, mm. gotcha. but the Trinity River is where they all come from. Mm-hmm. And gotcha. back when I was fishing it a lot, that was my main place that I went.
1: Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, uh, let's, let's go through. So you're, you're setting out to kill a, a huge alligator gar. Just walk us through where you, know, or do you, you don't have to give away any spots. I don't expect you to be that nice, but, uh, walk us through the process. <laughs> I should say.
2: Well, patterns are. I always say this, and fishing patterns are a lot more valuable than spots because depending on what day it is, a spot may be trash, especially on the river that fluctuates 40 feet in and, they' and depth, and not people realize that they have, the Trinity River is huge. If you, nobody's ever been on it, it's as close to being on like a, a South American Amazonian style river as you can get on. It's, it's a it's a different animal. You don't go run lines on like the Angelina or something small where you can almost jump across Mm -hmm. like a lot of guys do. can't get your boat turned around in all the spots because it's so narrow. The Trinity is a big river. Mm -hmm. A a real river. You see all kinds of game on it. But if I'm I'm trying to go kill a seven-foot fish, which is my goal anytime I leave the boat around, Mm -hmm. there's a pretty good in-depth process. Mm -hmm. The best time for the garter rolls in the spring, no doubt, anywhere from starting in late February to about now, middle of June, they start getting getting sluggish. But you're you're looking for a rise in the river. So you get a big rain, we'd get a big rain in Dallas and we watch the for the river start rising. And depending on when we could get off work or when we could go or when we wanted to go, we watch different sections of the river on gauges and we'd see when the rise was going to hit that day. If we could go on Friday it'd be different. We we'd go to a different spot than if we were going to go fishing on Saturday. Hmm. And you just try to hit the river On the on the rise would be the best time, and depending on what level it is, because there's a lot of intricacies in it. Honestly, if you're going to be consistent on killing big guard if you just wait, like a lot of people do, just wait till the river floods and gets in the fields and go and shoot spawning gar, then you can just wait on the river to flood. But like years like this year, if you want to go kill big fish, it hadn't rained five inches since February, so you're not going to get that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) River's been river's been bottomed out all year long. So you you decide which ramp you want to go to, and there are no boat ramps on a journey hardly. You're putting in on, if it is concrete underneath your tires, it's rough. and A lot of times it's just clay or sand, and you take one or two, take more than one truck to get you put in and <laughs> taken out safely. But
3: mm-hmm.
2: so, once you decide where you're going to go, you go to that area. And then the, the best textbook spot to find big alligator gar or any fish on the river is in a creek mouth. Mm-hmm. And you just set up there, and once you're waiting on, what you're looking for is rolling fish. Mm-hmm. You'll see them for split seconds. And they run in schools, they run in groups. You might find a group of big fish that's rolling every 15 minutes or so, and you try to sneak in there on them and set up where you're not disturbing them because they're smart. They're like They're like so If you get too close to them, they won't roll. They'll move, and they'll wait for you to leave. And you do it again. I've watched them for hours rolling in a spot and you move in on them and they won't do it again until you leave hmm. so he, once you get snuck in on them correctly which is a art in itself sometimes mm. you just wait for a big one to roll and then you got to hit him and it's mm. not easy to hit him you say somebody somebody that hasn't done it before will tell you how you're shooting at 150 pound seven foot fish it's it's easy to hit that i, mean, yeah. <laughs> I see more people miss that than i have a 10 pound common (laughs) (laughs) Uh and then and then fighting him is also i mean that's that's the fun part i mean if you lose him you lose him but he's no guarantee Uh, some of the biggest fish i've ever shot i haven't put in the boat
1: yeah yeah got so you you talked about sneaking up on those spots are you trolling into them? are you going upstream and trying to kind of float past them casually or how you sneaking up on those spots?
2: try different things both really uh we we joke around we say we treat wind we treat the water like we treat wind when we're deer hunting so you mm. want to troll if you can floating down river you don't want to touch the trolling motor you just want to drift with the, like you're another piece of wood coming down and when the trinity river rises there's so much trash coming down it you wouldn't believe it's mm. just, it looks like it's like landfills worth of trash coming down mm. that river so, you just try to imitate yourself as being another piece of trash. But if you're on the trolling motor, you want to be trolling upstream. And where the gar are rolling, typically, in a, in a good spot, they'll, they're rolling close to the bank. So, they'll be laying on the bank. And when they roll, they'll come off of it a little bit. So, if you're trying to hide on the bank, we used to do that. And I know you're probably familiar with Garmin Lyscope technology. We use it for crappie fishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I bought it several years ago to crappie fish well i thought i could take it to the river and just see what the guard doing and, and you watch them down there they lay on the side of the riverbank close to the close to, i mean right up against the bank hmm. and when they roll they'll move off of it and get into a little bit of swifter water and roll and go back to it
3: hmm.
2: it used to we used to try to save we were being lazy you can anchor out in the middle and that's what we do now but we'd be lazy instead of messing with the anchor or wanting to burn up the trolling motor we go hide on the bank and try to just hang on to a tree limb or something and wait on them. But I guess we were still close to him. That just never really worked real good. Gotcha. Every now, every now and again, you'd get a shot at one, but not near, not near like you do if you anchor. If you anchor, you can see a, a current seam in the, you'll have a river bank about five, five to 10 yards worth of river, 20, 30 foot. And then you will be a current seam. And then the main river where it's really flowing. And if you anchor outside that current scene from them, it's like they can't feel you anymore. You can hide from them really good. And as long as you didn't make any loud noises or do anything to disrupt them while you were moving in, you can sneak up on them like that and they'll roll for you within minutes normally.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha.
2: And if you shoot, if you mess up, but say you're trying to kill a, a really big fish in a six footer rolls and somebody shoots him on accident or even if you miss a couple shots on big fish, they, they'll, they'll leave you. They'll, mm-hmm. They're not dumb. They don't, they know what's going on now. They, they've been hunted for 20, 30 years at this point. So they, mm-hmm. they've got an idea of what you're doing. Yeah.
1: yeah. Shooting those tiny little six footers, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: When I first started bow fishing, a six footer was what I wanted, but uh-huh. you just do it enough. It's like shooting there. You just keep going up in, mm-hmm. in age and size class, what you want to kill. Uh-huh. and I don't really want to mess with anything that's much less than seven. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. So basically you kind of get one shot. Now let's say, you know, five foot or six foot or whatever rolls you shoot and miss. Are those fish going to move off? Or are you saying just if you kind of hit one, it's going to scare them?
2: If you hit one, you'll definitely do more damage than if you shoot and miss. But I'm going to say you get a couple misses before they want to run off from you.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha.
2: One usually one miss won't mess you up.
1: Yeah. All right, let's talk about – or, sorry, go ahead. Oh, you go ahead. Uh, I was going to move on just a little bit. So, let's say, you know, you found your spot, you anchored out, and uh, you got your fish rolling. Let's talk about what you do when you actually hit one of those giant suckers. So, your seven-footer comes by, you reel back, you shoot it. Now what happens? Well, normally
2: if we're tied up to an anchor or something, where we have a float tied into the line so we can break free from it really quick if we need to. A lot of times the big fish, he's up and down for a while. I mean, you don't want to pull, t- you can put quite a bit of drag on a fish with one of your hands or around 40 to 50 pounds of drag. It's a real light line, but you can think of holding up about a 50 pound sack of corn or something. You can almost do that. Yeah. So that's a lot of drag. Uh-huh. Putting on, a, on an animal in it. You, you sometimes you can see your shot when it hits the fish and you know if you got a good shot on him or not but normally we're trying to play in pretty softly because they can pull really hard i've been pulled out of the boat before when my retriever knotted up mm. so you normally on a big fish it's going to take you a minute to get him up you shoot a six foot fish you can bully him up pretty easily sometimes but a, a 150 pound plus you're going to be fighting him for a couple of minutes yeah, and it's just up and down until you get them to wore war out. And that, they breathe air. That's the whole reason they're rolling in the in the beginning is they have gills, but they also have an air lung. So that mm-hmm. in the when they're moving a bunch, they got to supplement their oxygen with the with the air we breathe. So they'll come up again. Eventually, they'll get tired and have to come up.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And then you get a backup shot in them. And then once you have two arrows in just about any fish, I feel pretty comfortable. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So when you're talking about fighting that fish, are you are you letting some line out, or are you just kind of holding them steady and letting him wear himself out?
2: Uh, you'll have to let some line out, yeah, in there somewhere.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. So hopefully you get you either get him up to the boat and get a backup shot, or let somebody throw one out there.
2: Yeah, well, sometimes they'll come up out away from the boat trying to breathe, and somebody can shoot want to shoot him from mm-hmm. you know a couple yards off the boat. But yeah, a backup shot right at the side of the boat is typical. Gotcha gotcha, gotcha. Uh, luckily if we're lucky we'll get two or three arrows in him when he rolls off the roll we'll have a couple arrows in him that happens <laughs> every now and again
1: uh-huh. gotcha gotcha and then how do you get that sucker in the boat
2: hey yeah you know, used to we just drag him in the boat and start hitting him in the head with a hammer trying to knock him out but you cannot cannot kill a gator guard with a hammer <laughs> <laughs> he'll be alive for hours <laughs> they, they they breathe air so until they dehydrate in your boat they'll be alive but you can you can transform them for a while they're very hardy creatures as long as you don't hit anything vital mm-hmm. but uh just a, a 22 right in the back of the head where where the smooth part of their skull meets the scale if you shoot them with a 22 there they're dead yeah gotcha. stone cold dead every single time
1: <laughs> gotcha just like and an alligator
2: just, just like yeah a little bit easier than an alligator we shot some big alligators that 22 didn't work on them but yeah same (laughs) principle (laughs) yeah gotcha gotcha
1: awesome awesome man so uh i gotta ask what's your biggest fish
2: and biggest fish that i've weighed bow fishing was it was eight foot one inches long and it's 207 pounds and it's Uh the water body record on lake livingston right now Oh really? And I shot him in the daytime in the in the heat of the summer, they'll they'll roll out there. But that's all off limits now too, so that record probably won't be broken for <laughs> ever. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Gotcha. the uh, biggest fish I've ever put hands on, we caught on rod and reel and we let it go so I didn't weigh it. It was mm. it was a monster. It was well over two hundred and fifty pounds. Wow. Mm. It was eight foot one or two inches long and just a massive girth on it and had all the eggs in it and just huge fish Mm. yeah
1: Uh, what do you uh what do you use to catch those on rod and reel use common
2: carp's the best bait there's a several guides that do it full-time on the river about three main ones but yeah common carp sitting on the bottom and, and alligator gar are always eating they're almost like saltwater fish and so if you put a piece of common carp in front of them they're going to eat it but there's so many in the river it's hard to weed through them they catch a big one i mean you can't mm-hmm. it, it's impossible to target a big alligator gar The uh, pole fishing you can try but there's just so many four or five footers out there that wear you out it's mm-hmm. hard to try to catch a big one that's another bonus to both fishing and, and alligator gar in general you Anything we do, anything I do outside of this, you can cheat that animal and kill him if you had to. Like Mm -hmm. a big hog, you can hunt him at night. A big catfish, people can, you can throw out nets or telephone. Like it's all, it's all illegal, but you can, if you wanted to, Mm -hmm. you can spotlight a big deer off the side of the road. People do it every year, even though it's not legal, you can do it and you can win that way. There's nothing you can do to an alligator guard to beat him Mm -hmm. other than just outsmart him out there. Yeah yeah you can't you can't shock him you can't net him you can't hang lines for him okay i mean you can you can eventually luck across the big one like that one i caught i've caught several big fish on the rod and reel but you go through way too many small ones to be trying to just do it
1: every day yeah huh that's interesting that's very interesting yeah. gotcha uh man you got a good story for us good uh good bow fishing story for us
2: Daddy, by the time I got
1: pulled out of the boat, I guess since I landed
2: that <laughs> earlier. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we, this is the last. This is the last year it was going to be legal. So it's 2019 or 20, I don't remember. It was, there used to be a big tournament every year called the Gar Bonanza? Is the biggest gar only tournament in the, uh, in the world, really? I guess, but it was really in America. It was, so we were pre fishing for that in a good spot. We was in another tournament that was. Like a, a longer term, but they called it. It was. A, they still have it. It's not on the Trinity anymore. It's called the Gar Bounty. It's the biggest, biggest three fish stringer over the spring. So you had several times. We were in some big fish. I'd already shot a two hundred pounder out of this spot a couple of days before, and uh, we're working on another one. Mm-hmm. And a big, big fish rolled right in front of the boat. And my buddy that I was fishing with got the shot off before I did, and he hit low. It looked like he had missed so he's throwing a fit before I, this is all happening in a split second uh-huh. but before before he could even before i could even shoot he's already throwing a fit that he'd missed and i buried up right in her back above the water he could see it no doubt and she took off went crazy mm-hmm. and my the retrievers cannot every now and again just uh it gets a knot in your bottle or i had a knot come up in it and i saw it and i braced and the first knot come out so i was back in the fight for a minute and then another knot came in the in there and i couldn't check that one out and i just held on too too hard she made a hard run and i went off the front of the boat <laughs> about that time I, I grabbed the trolling motor with one arm and my bow with the other i mean it's it's a pretty expensive bow i didn't want to turn that list either uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> my, my buddy figured out he was in the fish
3: uh-huh.
2: he didn't miss it that's what i thought he did and, he was able to fight the fish back, and I was able to get back in the boat, and we actually <laughs> ended up getting that fish. Wow. It was
3: over hundred, it
2: was a whole, over one eighty. I don't remember exactly what it was, but we waited in for that that tournament. Mm.
1: Uh, That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, quite a story. Quite a story. During the last, during the last year, a lot of, there's
2: a different aspects to gar fishing. We have the the roll fishing, which is what you do most of the time. Then you the water gets up high enough, and they'll be in the creeks. When the creeks are full, but it's not in the field yet, all the alligator guard wants to do in the spring is go spawn. They're very specific on how they spawn. They won't spawn in the river. They won't spawn in the creeks. They've got to be in the pasture. So the river has hmm. to flood for several days and be out of the banks into the pastures of the river. Because hmm. so when the river's coming up and it gets above like 20 foot, it, it, right now the river's probably like, I didn't even look today, but it's probably eight foot. That's bottomed out mm-hmm. on the Trinity uh, around different places. Yeah, But then you get to twenty to thirty to thirty-five ish. That's a lot of water. That's a ton of water. It'll be in the creeks and the fish won't be rolling much anymore. They'll be in the creeks staging up, and you can find it. You really just want to go during the middle of the day, and they'll be sunning like any other reptile, I guess. But I mean they're fish, but they'll be they'll be in some sunny spots soaking up the sun, getting warm, waiting on the water to be out in the fields, and you can shoot them in there. And that's that's probably where a lot of people like to do it because it's easy. You just you just troll enough creek area till you find big fish laid up. I mean, you see a you see an eight-foot fish laid on the surface of the water in the broad daylight. That looks like a monster. You know, that's how you mm-hmm. get all those stories that people see in fish as long as the boat. There's no alligator gar out there longer than the, than anybody's flat bottom, but that's where they get that idea from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then then once the water finally does break out into the field, they go spawn, and you'll see a, a, a good field will have several spawning groups in it, and they'll be one big female and five or six males on top of her spawning her in a field she'll be blowing out eggs and they'll be over the back of her fertilizing the eggs mm-hmm. and that's 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 just something else neat there i've got a lot of videos on my phone of them doing it but you don't see that very often I and mean, it might be once in a lifetime for a lot of people i've gotten lucky and seen several of them do it me and randy got into some spawning area one day a couple mm-hmm. years ago it was just if you can find them doing that, anybody can kill them. As long as you can find them, not every pasture's got spawning groups in it. But that last year, that it was legal during the Garbananza, they spawned during the tournament, and it was there was so many gar killed that weekend. <laughs> they were, it was pretty pretty crazy. Mm. But I just it can show you how many fish are in that river. Like you go if you, if somebody didn't know anything about it, and then we're going to go try to go to the Trinity River and see alligator gar. And you could go on a bad day and not see one. Yeah. And you go, when the conditions are right, you'll see hundreds of thousands of them in a couple of miles of the river. There, There's so many gar in this river <laughs> that you just don't understand it. So you go on a, it might take you all year to get on a good day where you see them all, but, I mean, they don't go anywhere, so they're still there. You just see them all good on one day. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So, and the and the whole alligator gar scene hasn't been around very long. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm going to say the 90s was the pioneers of it, At the latest. That's being generous. I mean, most people I know were in the early 2000s when they started. Mm-hmm. And I was in the, I was after 2010 when I got into it. Yeah. But, but gotcha. Back then there was, you didn't see, it seemed like they didn't kill as many big fish. I mean, they, don't, they might not have been as patient. Could have been the problem. I don't know. I wasn't there doing it, but mm-hmm. the, the bunches and bunches of, six footers were getting shot and, and a lot of people there's a big i'll call it a big misconception it's not a total misconception that the the growth cycle on alligator gar is not what people make it out to be a lot of it lo- people love to just throw numbers out there that sound big like that's an 80 year old fish that's a hundred year old fish But from what i've seen the 207 pound fish i killed out of the lake that's the water body record eight foot one was 32 years old they hmm. biologists came. biologists from San Marcos to my house in Luskin, and got he got the the otolith out of it and aged it. And they were expecting it to be over eighty years old easy.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It was thirty two. Gotcha. And I know several several people have gotten fish aged that were smaller than that fish. I know a guy that one of my fishing buddies got a seven foot two fish that he shot. It had hardly any teeth left in its head. I don't remember how old it was, but it was over seventy five. I think. Mm. So they get, they, they'll they hit a wall. There's not, they're not, mm-hmm. the alligator guard don't just keep growing. Yeah. So they, I don't know how fast, how big they get. I, I throw a number out there from what I've seen. It takes them about 10 years for a female to get in the, the six foot range. I'll say 10 to 15 years to get in the six foot range. Mm-hmm. And then it takes them another 10 after that to get to seven foot. And then you don't know where they go after that. You have a 25 year old fish that could be eight foot, maybe. Mine was 32, it was a huge fish. Uh, she didn't get eight foot that year. She was eight foot one, so she'd been eight foot for a little while. Mm-hmm. And then I know several people have got really big seven foot fish that were like the 25 to 28 range. And then a lot of, I mean, a lot of old garb and killed in age, but they're not any bigger than the one I killed. They'll they'll hit a wall and people just want to say that they're 90 years old, 100 years old because they're that big, but not always the case. And the males don't get big at all. And there's way more males than there are females. (laughs) That comes from Texas Parks and Wildlife. It's it's different than what a lot of animal animal kingdom is because it takes so many males to breed a female. Mm -hmm. And they don't live as long either. A male will max out in the five and a half to six foot range. You won't get any bigger. So if you got alligator gar, pole fishermen they like to tag them. They'll tag a, they could tag a bunch of males that are five and a half foot long, and they won't. They'll catch them three years later, and they'll be five foot six. Hmm. So like, he didn't grow any. It's so the way he wasn't going to grow any. Yeah. <laughs> so I just That's tell true. anybody that hasn't, that doesn't have any prior knowledge, be cautious when you hear people just throwing out numbers because they have no idea. Yeah. So it's easy to say a fish is older than it is. Mm-hmm. Especially with a fish is little little information as we know about the alligator gar Mm -hmm.
1: man that's super interesting i yeah i didn't know all that that's awesome yeah but like i was getting it too early they didn't kill all the big fish
2: back in the 90s and early 2000s i don't know if it's because like i said they could have just not been being patient i don't think they were there because we're killing them now and it's almost like we we're just cutting a bunch out of them like you do a deer herd, you know, you start shooting a bunch of their, your coal, so to speak, or keeping your doe population in check. You start seeing a lot bigger, a lot bigger bucks. Yeah. And the, the, the make no difference for the fish, especially on a yeah. river system. That's very limited to the food that it's
1: got. Yeah, That's also very interesting. So you think by actually taking the numbers down, you kind of increase the quality.
2: That's my non-scientific theory. I don't have a biology degree, but the fish they're killing in like Toledo Bend and Rayburn, they're all huge right now. Mm
0: -hmm. And they have a
2: lot more space and a lot more food to roam around and get food. Mm -hmm. And the Trinity River is just, I mean, I mean, it's not more than 50 yards wide. You know, it's just a lot more. And there's a lot more fish in that Trinity River too. And one other Small thing in the history of it. I I, had, I hooked up with some guys one time that were huge into the Spanish uh, Spanish history, Spanish settlers, mm-hmm. and you know the, the old San Antonio OSR, old San Antonio road that came through that that area, though, across the Trinity River, all around Crockett and up to College Station, or whatever. That was the the Trinity River was a big settlement for old Spanish settlers. Uh-huh. There was a, a bunch of it, especially on the areas that I fish, like around b Eyes Creek. And you can look all this up. But they, they had all these journals. And the guys, I would say, I took out two college professors and just one rich old dude that was interested in the history. I took them on. They wanted to go on the river one time and look at certain GPS points for where the old settlers used to have crossings at it and whatnot. But they were. I didn't ask much about it, but they got talking about all the wildlife that the uh, guys were talking about it in their journals, you know.
3: Mm-hmm. And I
2: asked them. I said, "Well, did they ever talk about the alligator gar? Because that's the only thing I was interested in." And you, there's no way you could go out there and not see one, you know? Yeah. Especially in the springtime and in the, in the 1800s or earlier. I don't know exactly when the time period was. To forgive me for that, but they said there was never any mention of alligator gar in mm-hmm. the history books that far back. And they talked about the deer and the squirrels and the rabbits and whatnot, but not nothing about the alligator gar. Interesting so I don't know the damming of Lake Livingston makes the river stay higher than it used to for sure
3: mm-hmm.
2: and uh it might be might have better habitat for them to live year round and get bigger in there than here recently we've had a lot of really good spawn years where that where the river has flooded, so there's just mm-hmm. there's hundreds of thousands of four to five foot fish in that river right now where there wasn't Ten years ago.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. And yeah. you may know this. I mean, are alligator gar found anywhere else in the world? I mean, like in other countries, you know, overseas or anything, or is it just kind of the Southern United States?
2: And not to my knowledge. I think I seen like some of maybe a, a Google article. Maybe somebody found one in Japan or something mm. not long ago. But it, the Trinity River is the best place on the planet Earth to yeah. find them, no doubt.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's where Jeremy and, but, Wade went on River Monsters, so yeah yeah
2: <laughs> and, the, uh, but anywhere in south that they're in any puddle of water in south texas there's alligator gar yeah like yeah from from the from the triangle from whitetail all the way to houston they're loaded yeah yeah
1: i've caught them out of the red you know up on the texas oklahoma border yeah, for sure
3: yeah i
2: sure. have a, the the oklahoma people they have a weird season on the red river they shut it down yep. a lot but i don't think there's a ton of them i have some buddies that went up there and fished it just to say they did and i think they may have shot some but that's not anything mm-hmm. like the trinity
1: yeah yeah
2: there's yeah. A, several guys that, from oklahoma that would come down and fish the garbananza every year for or with yep.
1: us yep yeah like i said I've, I've talked to several people who you know have done it uh or at least seen them and stuff and i've had a lot of interest in the topic um so yeah that's part of the reason i wanted to have you on and uh man you've been full of knowledge I've, I've really enjoyed this one super knowledgeable
0: yes
2: some of it may be theory but I, I've, I've watched it enough it, it's pretty solid yeah and, and i've talked to a lot of the back when texas parks and wildlife was trying to put the ban on it i don't go into too much detail on it but it's a total hack job honestly it was the rod and reel guys were buddies with the commissioner in texas parks and they got together and shut it down mm. but uh during all that the way texas parks and wildlife operates is they have biologists to go out and do surveys and studies for new laws they're wanting to introduce and the biologists will recommend it recommend a change or recommend no change in the case of alligator gar they actually recommended no change but they passed it anyway for what they called an abundance of caution Mm. but the the, i don't want to name drop anybody but the main biologist for alligator gar in in texas i've talked to him quite a bit and he's the one that actually came out and took the odlet oh, of that gar I killed, drove all the way from San Marcos to get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they all know that the, the there's so much more they need to study on gar. They just don't have the fun. You know, Texas mm-hmm. Parks dumps tons of stuff into, like, the share lunker program mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that, but they don't want to mess with alligator gar or catfish or anything other than a bass and a speckled trout, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all, the, all the sexy species. Yeah, and everything that gets... You know tournaments around it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, lost income.
1: Uh huh. Gotcha. But, well, cool, man. Well, this uh, has been awesome. uh Any last uh, tips, tricks, or information you want to throw out?
2: If if, if you're gonna try to keep kill an alligator gar with a bow, just find the spots you want to go to, and just realize it's gonna take a lot of effort. It's not. It's almost impossible for new guys to get into it by themselves. When I got into it, I. I got hooked up with a buddy that had been doing it for 20 years at the time I met him. So he knew he could carry me for several years. I wouldn't, I would have not picked it up if I'd have been trying to do it by myself. It's hard. And the, the success rate, just going on your own right off the bat is so low. It's just demoralizing, but <laughs> you hang with it. It's one of the most fun things you can do. It's better than crack. <laughs>
3: <laughs> gotcha.
2: Awesome. Shooting a 200 pound animal uh-huh. five foot off the boat deck. You see his whole body when you hit him, it's, That's a rush.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, Casey, uh, we're coming up on time here, but man, I really appreciate it. Like I said, super knowledgeable. And so I can't thank you enough for coming on. No
2: problem. Glad I could give y'all something maybe.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Awesome, man. Well, like I said, I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for coming on and, uh, we'll talk to you later.
2: All right. Sounds good. Thanks.
1: Yep. Wasn't that awesome? Really, really cool episode. Man, all that stuff about the the flooding and the spawn and all that stuff. Really, really interesting. I had no idea about any of that. Um, I've grown up around Alligator Guard my whole life, but never knew any of that stuff. So, Thank you, Casey, for coming on. I hope you guys enjoyed that one. I am about to send this podcast off and get some rest because I have a lot of uh, wife honeydews to do. And so, uh, yeah, I'm going to let you guys go. That's going to do it for this week. I hope you guys enjoyed that. And until next week, I will see you guys right back here on the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast.